Those last two songs, um, we do need him, especially in this day and age and everything that's happening. Um, it's been happening to, to the saints throughout the world in time, and uh, we do need him. And our, our Father in heaven is, is uh, working behind the scenes in many different ways. Even the, even the message that you'll hear, Lord willing, will, will be encouraging to you and c- continue to give you hope as we await that blessed day. And for those of you that, that are listening to this and don't know the Lord, th- th- this is an encouragement to you as well to seek Him, to call upon His name. Because the hour is coming when uh, there's, there's going to be um, trials in your life. If you're not having them now, believer or not a believer, but a believer has hope. We have the, the joy of knowing where we're going, what's coming in the sense of the Lord Jesus. So before I um, start with the message, let's just uh, open in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord... Uh, we just thank you so much for this day that we're able to meet together and to look into your word and to find encouragement and to find hope. And it's all in the name and the person of Jesus Christ. He is our only hope. He is the name above all names. He's the one that matters. He's the one that gives us not only our life here and now, eternal life as well. And so, Father in heaven, Lord, um, let your word accomplish your will this uh, morning and uh, grant us ears to hear. In your name we pray, amen. amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I hope this morning that's been something that we're, we're doing. And the songs, the wonderful thing about the songs that, that, they, that Fola chose was uh, they do turn our eyes upon Jesus. Have you ever thought, oh, I wish I had a word from the Lord? Oh, here, here's a bunch of them. We have the very word of God. This is where we find our hope. Not only that, believers have the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, I often tell people on the street uh, when, when a person is born again that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within them and causes them to walk in holiness. And of course they should because they have the Holy Spirit. And that's where we find our joy. It's not words that have no uh, effect upon the believer. They resonate with the believer. It, it, it causes us to, to, in our hearts, the inner, inner being to jump for joy in anticipation of what's coming. So here we read in Genesis 2.19, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Okay. When that, I often wonder, and it's good to maybe muse on some of these things, it, it, it's, it's, it's just a wonder when we look at creation, we see different things. But what do you think Adam thought when that was brought before him? It's a be- beaver. No, it's a, du- it's, 
It would have been probably in Hebrew anyway, so it probably wouldn't have been translated like that. But I, I would have loved to see that. And you know what? In this message, there's a lot of things that we would love to see. Uh, and we're going to see them. But isn't it wonderful? We name our, our pets. We name our boats. We, we name our beautiful children. Our daughter Renee named her little stuffed animals for a while. She seemed to be naming them all fluffy. Curious, I thought. You know, Adam lived for 930 years. Um, so all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. You know, people lived a long time back then. I wonder if Adam ever thought, man, when am I going to get Eve for our anniversary? I mean, I'm running out of ideas. So it's good to ponder these things, but there was a reason why um, he died, of course. And uh, in the garden, at the beginning, there was peace and joy and love, and then things went horribly wrong, and um, they, they had sinned against God. One sin, and they were cast out of the garden. Physically, they began to die. People's lives got shorter, you know. When we come into this world, we're, we're alive uh, physically, but we're, we're born dead spiritually. That's why we have to be born again. We, we are not fit for heaven. We, we need to be made fit for heaven. And uh, fast forward now to the time of Noah. And Noah preached to the lost for 120 years. Uh, I'm sure he took some breaks, though. But people had come, become so wicked that God told Noah, I'm going to destroy them with the earth. And he did. Noah and his family started the race over, but there were some differences. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth, and on all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hands. So now, animals were no longer friendly, but dangerous. You know, nowadays, people fear animals, and rightly so. When Dan and I were younger and we were camping out in uh, Revelstoke, we paid the admission to get into the campground, and there was a woman in one of those wooden booths, and she said, oh, just to let you know, there's a mother bear about with her cubs, but um, it should be all right. They, sh they shouldn't bother you. Um, she wasn't worried. Of course she wasn't worried. She was in a wooden shed, and she was going home that night, so of course she wasn't worried. We were in a little one-millimeter-thick nylon um, tent, so I did what all fearless campers do. I backed up my hatchback to the, to the door of the tent there, had my keys at the ready, and waited, <laughs> and didn't sleep well that night. And um, if I heard a bear sniffing around, I, I knew that I could hopefully jump to the back of the hatchback and uh, pull Diana to safety, maybe. So we didn't sleep well that night. But you know, we fear so many things now. People fear snakes and scorpions. And, Heights, broccoli, death, but they don't fear God. Isn't that odd? There is no fear of God before their eyes. The world at large does not fear God. It's, I'm not talking about the reverential fear that, that believers have. We have an awe and reverence for God that comes by the Holy Spirit because we know He's awesome, He's holy, He's, he's righteous and just, and all, all of the world will one day bow down to Him. But now... So far away from God, people who are spiritually dead, they have no fear of God. It, 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 is, it is troubling. They, they don't think that there's going to be repercussions. And yet we know that there are. The very proof that there's repercussions and that God is serious about sin is death, because the wages of sin is death. And the rest of that verse goes, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So 
I would like to go to a passage now. Um, you, maybe you've wondered about this. this. This is a curious passage to me for, for a couple of reasons. Um, I'll just read it first off. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him, and he begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everything clearly. Strange, isn't it? Why was his sight restored in two parts? You know, this is why it's important to look at the verses that came before that and after, and it gives us some clarity on that. And so we can go on the next slide. And I've highlighted that piece in the middle, but I'll read some of that at the beginning there. Now, the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they had... They did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is, It's because we, don't, we didn't bring any bread. We have no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. Also when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, Seven. And so he said to them, How is it you do not understand? And here's the verses that are after that passage that's highlighted there. Now Jesus and his disciples went out to the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he asked his disciples, saying to them, Why do, Who do men say that I am? So they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. Then he strictly warned them that they should tell no one about him, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And then Peter goes on to take Jesus aside and rebuke him and that's when he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you're not mindful of the things of men, but of the things, you're mindful of the things of men and not the things of God. So Jesus fed the 5,000, then he fed 4,000 with women and children at each time. That would probably be about 40,000 people. How many do you suppose he's fed spiritually upon, have fed spiritually on the living bread which came down from heaven? Millions? Billions of people that have been born again? Oh, Lord, let it be billions. So they didn't see clearly at first. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't see the big picture. But they would later on, after the resurrection, oh, you know, they, so they caught on. Just like that blind man, he didn't see clearly at first, and then after that he saw. And that's what it is with a lot of us. We don't see clearly. We, we as believers even, we're, we're confused. We, we don't know where to turn, but really, we turn to the Word of God. We turn to God in prayer. These are the things that God has given us so that we can navigate this world, especially the way it is now. The world at large doesn't have that. They don't have that hope. They don't have the Word of God indwelling them. But I always thought that was an interesting passage. Maybe that's something that cleared that up a little bit. Pardon the pun. Verse 
Jesus had them gather up the leftovers so it wouldn't go to waste. Don't let what you have learned about who you are, why you are here, where you are going, go to waste. Draw upon those truths in God's word, saints. You know, you can feed the lost with the living bread which came down from heaven. There's plenty. There's plenty to go around. You can leave this world with far more than you started out with. You came into this world out of the box, so to speak, spiritually dead, and you can leave the world spiritually alive. Then whatever you have, God can take it and use it for far more in this world than you could imagine. The efforts to reach out to the lost when given to the Lord can result in souls saved, delivered from the power of darkness into the marvelous light of forgiveness and reconciliation with God and a hope that will last in this world and into the next. It all starts out with offering what we have to Jesus. And you know, it can be meager. They only had a few loaves of bread and some fish. He is God. He can do anything, saints. And we just have to come to him and we just have to trust in him. And if you're having trouble doing that, I get it. We've all gone through different things. Some of you may be going through something right now, as I said earlier. He hasn't forgotten you. He knows where you are. He knows where you live. He knows everything about you. He knows what you need. And if anything, it gives us like those last two songs. It gives us a longing for that. There's a scripture passage which I'll, 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 I'll quote directly later on. But, you know, we groan. The whole of creation groans. We're like just, gr it's grinding along, isn't it? It's hard. It's like, when is this going to be over? <laughs> but you know what? It's coming. It's coming. Next slide, please. I know it's a lot to, to look at, folks, but I'll read it. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. This is from Isaiah. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. This is talking about the millennial kingdom. This is when Jesus comes back with his saints. And we're, on the, we're, we're, we're living for a thousand years with him. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Because he's God, he doesn't have to rely on those things that we rely on, our eyes and our ears. He'll know intuitively everything that's going on. There's going to be no rebellion at that point. It's going to be a time of peace, a resting in him. Uh, the, the beginning of, a, of an everlasting life. This is the beginning for, for us who, who are seated in the heavenlies through Christ already, but it's going to get better. He's coming back. There's things that happen. There's the rapture. There's the, before that, there's this, this tribulation period. There's some discrepancy on the order of some of that. But rest assured, his word is true. And it says here that he's going to, with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Every, everything that's wrong in this world, in many ways the Genesis curse is going to be reversed. Um, righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. 
The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. No one's going to be saying, know the Lord, know the Lord. Hey, you know, we will know him. The whole world will know and be under his dominion. And um, in that day there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people for the Gentiles shall seek him and his resting place shall be glorious. Next time when I speak, I really want to open up more of that, uh, what happens during that millennial kingdom and how God, uh, you know, he, he takes the 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel. He's not done with Israel. All of his promises are going to come to pass before it's all said and done. He's going to fulfill all of those things, which is a wonderful thing, um, because they have a hope as well. And there's going to be a massive evangelism campaign then. 12, 144,000 Israelites are going to go out and proclaim to those that have been born during the tribulation that weren't believers, that became believers, um, the world in that thousand years, there is, there is a part at the end of it, of course, where they rebel against Jesus and that's put down once and for all. But in the millennial reign of Jesus, it's a time of peace, joy, harmonious, living with, with the elements of the Genesis curse lifted, many of the elements lifted. Believers will live and enjoy an intimacy with God unprecedented in our lives. No danger from animals. You can swim with the sharks, play with cobras. Bears won't eat you even if you were slathered in barbecue sauce, you know. But most wonderful, we shall be with our Lord. Now take a breath, folks, even with, with your masks on. God has been sustaining us at the very air that we breathe since all of us were born. He hasn't forgotten us. He's, he's given us the, the, the air that we breathe. Keep looking to Jesus. I wish that scientists would take their electron microscopes and drill down and see a molecule of water, say, and drill down to see the hydrogen atom and see the oxygen atom and down more and more, further, further, protons, neutrons, further, zooming in closer and closer, first a little bit blurry, but then focusing on that incredible small particle and see the name Jesus written on every, each and every atomic particle that was made by Jesus. I would love to see their faces. But you know what? As we said before, there's a time coming on the earth when everyone will know the Lord. But they can't see. The scientists and those that uh, don't know the Lord, not all scientists, some are born again, of course, and they give much glory to God because they realize and recognize that He is the creator of all things. You know, when Jesus was giving the bread to those that were hungry, a lot of them came back after that just because they wanted to be fed again, but they weren't seeking after him. I hope that if you're, you're not a believer that you're seeking him, that God has brought things into your life to trouble you, to, to, to cause you to, to look for, is there's got to be something more than this? What's going to happen to me when I die? Those are the big questions. Ask them on the street all the time. And a lot of people, they go, I, I don't know. And they don't know because they don't know the Word of God. And that's why we tell them.
me go to the next slide, please? And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, some transitions, uh, translations render it looks to the Son. Translations. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13, 12, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Yeah, new bodies. No pain, suffering, misery, all those things stripped away so we can worship Jesus freely and serve him and go to see him. You know, David McDonald and Ime both said this, uh, I remember, and they said, we as Christians have the most hope and we should be the least fearful. And so I, I urge you again, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we've looked into your word and uh, Lord, lift up our hearts. We, we, we long to see you. We long to be with you. Thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for giving us your word that we can cling to, that we can draw strength from. Help us, Lord, to live lives surrendered to you. And Father in heaven, for those that don't know you, those who are still in their sins and, and don't have that assurance of salvation, Lord, cause them, cause them to repent and trust in you. Cause them to cry out to you, to call upon your name so they can be saved. We look to you, we love you, Father in heaven, and we give you all the thanks, and we so look forward to that day, that wonderful, glorious day when we'll be with you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'd like to sing one last song as we end. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.